Welcome back to episode 184 of Your Best Year Starts Here with me, Neil Martin, and some bloke called Nigel Risner. And at the end of the ep- last, uh, at the end of the last episode, even get the words out. You said something about train the trainer and why it works or why it doesn't work, and that you were going to expand on that. So, enlighten us, Nigel. What's your view? I'll give you mine afterwards. Okay, so the world is changing, and the workplace is changing, and people are now coming back to the office. Some people have flexible working, and as we call it, attractive working. And so we are trying to let people know that attractive working is what you're aiming for more than flexi working because you need to find out from them what would make it attractive to come to work. The problem is you've now got lots of trainers trying to do these facilitated sessions and they're forgetting the basic parts of communication, which is do these people actually want to be in the room? Mm-hmm. What are their needs? What do they actually want to achieve? And is this the right environment to be having this meeting? And is this meeting going to give them the results that they want? Or is it a meeting in advance of another subcommittee meeting to give people other information so they can make some decisions? So if you're a trainer or if you're a, I was going to say a manager, if you're a leader of people and you are running meetings, three things. First of all, meeting can't be longer than 42 minutes, and we've mentioned this before. Second of all, you've got to make sure people are in the room and they haven't got other things going on in their mind that's avoiding them being in the meeting, i.e., why am I in this meeting? Yep. It was shite last time. What am I doing sitting here? So you've got a hostile audience. And third, are there actions that are going to happen based on this meeting? Otherwise, it's what I call an information-only meeting. Yep. And there are too many trainers that have been given a manual or they've been away on a course and they've done this train-the-trainer or facilitation skills because they think that's going to engage an audience. Yep. The tragedy is no different to not knowing your customers and it's no different to not knowing your children it's not, and it's no different to not knowing your partner. You've got to find out what's going on with them and what things are going on in their minds first so that you can share information that's going to enlighten them. Too many people are leaving their homes at 7 in the morning, getting a train, buying Starbucks, coming into the office, meeting with people who are moaning because they're supposed to be coming to the office for facility. Uh, to collaborate and share ideas. They go into a meeting, which they could have been done on Teams or or Zoom. The meeting is structured in such that they're being given information. And at the very end of that meeting, any questions, we still know 50 years on after, you're too young for this, but you remember suggestion boxes, mm-hmm. you know, which no one ever put in? Mm-hmm. You know, people used to put matches in and, and, and light them because that was, that was kind of a bit of fun. But you've got to start thinking, what value am I going to create if I'm going to bring people into a meeting or we're going to encourage people into a meeting, because it's got to have added attraction, added value. And donuts, I'm just sorry to tell you, is not a big enough attraction for me. I like donuts and I like Cadbury's chocolate, but I'm not coming all the way in to town, in my case, London. And where, from where I live right now, there are major traffic work issues. So for me to go two and a half miles, I either have to leave at six in the morning I have to leave at 6 in the morning, or I've got to leave at 11. Yep. You cannot leave my, anywhere near me. So if unless you want me in at 7 o'clock, I'm not going to get there because the traffic is horrific. And even if I want to go to the train station, I've got some other issues. So I'm now already annoyed because I could be doing this on Teams or video or WebEx, whatever. Yep. Then when I get to a meeting, I want it to be lively, I want it to be attractive. And I think people need to connect with people for a good half an hour, 45 minutes about what's going on. Mm-hmm. 
then the meeting needs to be quite short and share information that's going to add value to me personally. And I'm selfish. I wanted to add value to my life. I don't care about anyone else mm-hmm. because I've made the effort to come in. What ha- what difference is it going to make for me? Which goes back to that WIIFM. What's in it for me? Yep. Well, I mean, I mean you know, but you know, I had some feedback not long ago. You know, you if you think you've got problems, what about people in Ukraine? Well, this is going to sound weird, and you know, I love Ukraine. I'm in Ukraine every year. I've been in Ukraine for the last nine years in February. In that moment of time, that's not helping them. My, my, my being late and all the rest about what their problems are. I need, I need my own problem solved yep. so I can either support them and do other stuff. So you're allowed to moan, you're allowed to complain because if your personal needs aren't being met, you will not be in the right energy in that meeting to give your ideas. And then worse, when you leave the meeting, you're not going to have the energy to do your job. Yep. And I'm representing a company. 90% of staff who work for companies are representing a boss, a venture fund, somebody, and you're expecting them to get on the phone and sell. Or get on the phone and deal with complaints. If people are pissed off, they won't do it well. So you've got to really look at what's the value you are giving your clients, your customers, your family. And it's not easy, but you need to get some support on this because we want to get people to have their best year. That's what this this whole podcast yep. has been about. The yep, last for, I'd say for like four years now, yeah, nearly. You know, how to have your best year. Well, to have your best year, you need to have energy. Mm-hmm. To have your best year, you need some health. To have your best year, you need to be in the room. To have your best year, you need to have good communication. You know, we've never said shite meetings with shite communicators, with shite facilities, with shite food is going to be a good success. Half the meetings I go to have all of that. <laughs> Just thought I'd share that. And then when it comes to lunch, there's brown curly food. Mm-hmm. And then we wonder why people aren't over happy for the afternoon session. Mm-hmm. It needs to be even better food because people have got to come back in the afternoon when they're tired. And it needs to be even more uplifting, more than the finance director sharing about the recession and how difficult things are going to be. Do you know it's funny you saying about the food? There's um there's one organisation I've spoken at quite a few of their events, and um they they quite often get feedback forms if there's not chips. That the whole feedback form is why were there no chips? Doesn't matter what the rest of the lunch is, but there needs to be plates of coffee, chips, right? Hot coffee and chips work in every conference in the yeah, world. Yeah. I, and I don't know why people find that a surprise. Yeah. But the, chip, the chips have to be hot too, right? Not, yes, but uh, chips and coffee have to be hot. Yeah. And biscuits need to be basic biscuits, like yeah. jammy dodgers or wagon wheels. Or bourbons or, yeah, something like that. Yep. No, but I don't know why people aren't, after 20 years, recognising that the simple stuff works. We've spoken about this forward to basics. Yep. Just do the basic stuffs right. Have someone smile. Have, wash the biscuits with a jam and cust- uh, jam and the cream, yeah, whatever they are. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not complicated. No. And if you go a bit crazy, the Marks and Spencer's double chocolate chops. Yeah, but you know, I mean, I think, I think again, I think the other serious point with this is it's like, you know, I'm going to back up a little bit. Trainer, trainer is where we started, right? I think so often with people who are delivering training where they've been trained on how to deliver, especially if they've been trained on how to deliver that specific training, what they're basically saying is, okay, here are the defined learning outcomes for this. This is what you're going to get. What they haven't done is actually bothered to find out, is this what you want? You know, if, if you're in this room right now, why are you here? And depending on the size of the room, you know, if you've only got five people in front of you or 10 people, just ask them individually, you know, let's just go around the room quickly tell me why you're here today tell me what you're hoping to get from this this. tell me tell me what will make this worthwhile for you whatever it is right question along those lines go around the room quickly now if you've got 100 people in the room you can't do that okay but can you 
if you're running an event and you're expecting 100 people, can you send them a questionnaire in advance and ask them those exact same questions? You know, if you're no, the, no, if no, the no, event organiser. Now, now, you know most people won't fill it in, but the ones that do will still give you some insight. But when you've got 100 people, you know the way to do this, don't you? You ask them to work in their row and just yeah, between them talk share to each one other. idea they're looking for. And then, and then you pick a few people. A, yeah, yeah. I'll start to be a spokesman and then you get everyone involved. Yeah, exactly. But, but or, right. or, or you even just ask questions that are quite generic and you just ask for a show of hands. You know, are you here today because of this? Okay, awesome. You know, are you expecting this? Fantastic. I'm in the right room. Right, that's it, done. Yeah, I'm in the right room. Can you please, to use your words, can you please stay in the room, right? You know, you you talk about um, being present. And, you know, being present means being in the present. And I think the issue very often with, like, meetings and events that don't work is either people are stuck in the past, as in whatever happened before they got there that day is what's playing on their mind, not what's happening in the room, or they're thinking about what they're going to do next. And it's one of those challenging things, actually, if you're speaking at an event, if you're someone that does this, you know, it depends on where you are in the in the agenda. You know, if, if you're if you're in the agenda and the person before you, for example, doesn't get the energy up in the room, doesn't excite the people in the room and has allowed them to drift off and think about other things and you follow that, that's way harder than if you've had someone that's kept the audience really engaged and they're all excited to be there and they're all going, I'm getting value from this already, you know? I see. And here's the difference, you see. I love when there's a shite speaker before me, okay? Because my opening line is going to be, well, this won't be too complicated, will it? And I nearly want to... <laughs> what I'm really trying to say is they, they want something. People want good speakers, and there are some very dry speakers. Yeah. And I have a friend called Roger Martin Fang, who we've had on our yeah, podcast. Yeah. yeah, he's been a guest on this. Who yeah. is one of the best finance speakers I've ever heard because he makes it interesting. But, but the minute people know what his title is, uh, we're going to be looking at the economy over the next three months. He's nearly set up for failure because of the way the title is done. And then when he turns up, he's got rock music as an entry. Yep. You know, so he he knows he's got to create the energy to give them a better chance. Yeah. Now let me go back to it well, again. Uh, so I was just going to give another good example. There. There's a guy called Robert Bowell who speaks on um, legal matters in the property world. And, you know, legal issues, changes in legislation, it's a bit of a dry subject. And I've seen several other people deliver it in a way that's quite dry. He somehow brings humour and energy and excitement to it every single time. You know, so whether it's a subject you're interested in or not, you can still watch him and enjoy his speech. Whereas there's a lot of other people talking about the same thing, that even if you're fascinated by their subject, you're going to find it hard to give it your attention. And that's the point, isn't it? It's the delivery that matters. So I did my first train the trainer session in 1997 in the states. I did 1997 really, too, but here okay. in the UK. And what was really interesting was that the very first three slides that the presenter put up were cartoons, mm-hmm. and it shocked me that here was I paid a lot of money for this, and the first three things were cartoons, but I then smiled within three seconds. Yep. You're going to lose 5% of an audience, however good you are, whether it's rock music, serious stuff, but that means you're going to get 95%. And one of the, one of these slides were two chickens crossing the road, and it was a road-crossing seminar. And it was, how do you, how do you cross the road? And it, and it was that type of thing. However naff it was, it just made people do what you just did, okay? Yeah. And there were three or four very simple slides, and he engaged within literally five seconds by not saying a word, because what he had on the, on the screen made sense yeah so you don't have to be that complicated and we've always shared less is more so whether you're writing a letter or doing a proposal 
if the page has got no white space in it, your letter's too long. If the slide has got too many words, I did something for the NHS and they listed the 280 top hospitals and worst performers. Okay. okay. And I, we were dealing with a, a group that was number 196. And this guy pointed it out. Now, even when he was on the stage, he couldn't find his own hospital. Now, the funniest bit was that I followed and I went, I think I find that was number 195. <laughs> and that was my opening line because, I mean, it was, it, was a, it was a critical care conference about dealing with compassionate dying. That was the conference, by the way. And I was the closing speaker, which was kind of bizarre, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I'd come on a motorbike and I hadn't killed myself. So, you know, that again, that was my second opening line, you know critical care how to deal with the dying you nearly had an extra person to deal with but we got here safely but it was about thinking about and sharing how to make stuff simple because no one's going to be able to read the sign so one of the things i'm going to ask you all to do is if you're either doing a proposal you're doing a presentation go to the back of the room and see if you can read the last line of the slide but then do one other thing which nobody ever teaches you get two people to sit in front of you and try and read that slide Because very often there's no one in the room when you're practicing and you can see the bottom of the slides. Stick three people who are six foot two in front of you and you won't be able to see half the slides. Yep. And now people get bored. So all you can see is the headline. Yep. But, but, now, but, but better think, still, don't use bullet points. Full stop. Well, Just get rid of them. Just get well, rid of them. That's a separate issue. But you may have some stuff to share, but you've got to recognize there's going to be people sitting in front of people because that's what's called a conference. Yep. And even unless you're doing a U-shaped Alcoholics Anonymous session where you've literally got a surround semicircle, you will find that most people can't see half your work. And then the last lesson I want to share, because it's no different to doing a dinner party. When you do a dinner party, are you aware that you favor the person to your left or your right when you communicate with them? Are you aware of this? I would assume that everybody does that because we have a natural tendency. But Okay, so just think about it. So now you go to a dinner party and there's only two people. There's one to your left and your right, and you will end up having your back to one of the people a lot more than the other. Yep. So that's just rude before you even start, which is why sometimes if you put your chair back three inches, you then have a bit of an idea what's going on. There's yep. tip number one. When you're on stage, you will have a dominant side. And my dominant side is much more to my left than it is to my right. Mm-hmm. And then if there are people who are quite near the front, there's not a chance I ever see them volunteer because I'm focusing that way. Yep. And so I have to remind myself occasionally to physically do this. And yep. I end up being like a Dalek. Yep. And the reason is because we forget that there's a group of people just here. And if you're on a state agent, you're doing a team meeting and there's nine people sitting at their desks, you're going to lose Susie who's sitting quite near you because your eyes go that to way. To the back or to the side, yep. So if you want to train and get better at working with people, recognize that people's attention, they need to be seen and they want to be seen. And, it, you know, I sometimes will smile quite near the back of the audience. I, I can't see him, but I'm mm-hmm. smiling. And they think, oh, that's nice. He's looking at me. Again, it's about making people feel included. They've uh, made an effort to come and hear you speak. You, you've, you've made me want to drop one line that we're going to end the episode on, okay? So many people, when they deliver training, when they deliver a speech, when they deliver a presentation, when they deliver, you know, even an email, right? You know, in a work scenario, in a business scenario, pri- primarily, but also in, in other parts of life, what they want is people to understand their point. Okay, if you want your stuff to be really effective, what you actually want is to people is to have people feel like you understand them. 
That's the difference. Because if the people that you're communicating with feel understood, then they will listen to what you're saying. If they don't feel like you understand them, you can say anything you want and they won't give a damn. That's a good way to end today, isn't it? And I think for me, you know, if there's any one tip I can give anybody is make sure the people you're communicating with feel understood by you. And if you don't believe me, try and have a conversation with your significant other where they don't feel understood. And we'll leave it there. Oh, we do that weekly, don't we? <laughs> One more?